Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. NetApp Insight 2018 in Las Vegas has come and gone, and I was there not only to present sessions, but also to do a live podcast recording at the event. If you were there, you can relive some of the highlights of the event, and if you weren't able to make it out, you can get a sense of the buzz and energy people were feeling there. In this first segment, I managed to round up some grizzled veterans of the Tech on Tap podcast to give us their perspective of NetApp Insight in their first year on the other side of the fence. All right, so I put the podcast bat signal out, hoping I would find some additional podcasters to come out and help me here at NetApp Insight 2018. And I managed to get a couple that I, I kind of vaguely recognize them. They're they're kind of Rip Van Winkle now. They're long beards. They've been asleep for I don't know how many years. But um, this guy right here, uh, where have you been? Uh, I've been somewhere near the cloud. He's been cloud adjacent. Glenn Sizemore is here. So, Glenn, um, I heard you were lost somewhere in the beyond part of Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, so tell us what you've been up to. Yeah, so these days I actually work for VMware, uh, and I am responsible for all things storage in the VMware cloud on AWS service. All right, excellent. Also with us, you may recognize this gentleman, um, or not. He was never in the studio anyway, but somehow he's here. I don't know why. Uh, Andrew Sullivan. I'm just glad you're acknowledging my existence again, Justin. I mean, I was always acknowledging it. I wasn't, I wasn't accepting it, though. Um, so, Andrew, what are you doing now, and how do we reach you on social media? So I am focused on Red Hat virtualization and container native virtualization. So VMs in containers managed by OpenShift over at Red Hat. That's interesting. It doesn't seem like something you'd be familiar with. You know, I might have done a VM or two in my days. You know, just just a couple. It's been a minute. Yeah, but you have to learn the container stuff, right? That that was new. Right, something along those lines. It, I've learned something. We'll just go with that. So wait, 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 wait. So you're doing VMs and containers? I thought they were the same thing. Close, but no. No, they're, they're not at all. But it really gets confusing when you're putting VMs in containers. Well, I just want to run a VM as a container. Why can't I do that, Andrew? You can do that. I just want to be really pedantic, and, and I want to bring, channel Dan Isaacs. And uh, yeah, so Dan Isaacs is also here somewhere. All right, so uh, Andrew and Glenn have been kind enough to join us for a podcast reunion of sorts. Uh, so what are you guys doing here at Insight? Glenn, what have you been up to? Yeah, so uh, for the past year and a half, right, uh, VMware Cloud on AWS has been out in market and found all sorts of really exciting use cases for the service. But, you know, over that time period, we've identified a number of use cases where customers desire the ability to decouple their persistent storage requirements from the cloud compute. Uh, and, and to that end, we've actually been working with NetApp as a design partner to add NFS data stores as a managed asset inside the VMware Cloud and AWS service. So we're here this week talking to customers and, and giving some previews of that integration, uh, which is not quite out yet. It's still, it's still in the oven. We're working on it as they speak. Um, but but we're, we're just trying to get out ahead and, and show the world where we're heading so that they can skate to the puck, you know, as they say. So I got a little shiver on my spine because he said NFS. And I, I mean, Glenn knows me. He knows how to get to me. So thank you, thank you for that, Glenn. Uh, Andrew, we found you in the Red Hat booth. I assume you're doing more than just sitting there and typing on your computer because um, that's all you were doing. You're supposed to be talking to customers, Slacker. Uh, what are you doing here at NetApp Insight? Uh, so when you happened upon me, I was actually making a demo. Uh, so I had three sessions presented this week. Uh, one, uh, technically it was two sessions, one repeated twice. 
so more than that, just interacting with people here at NetApp, uh, customers, partners, employees, getting to know from the other side of the street, so to speak, what everything looks like and just having a blast. So session attendance has been really good. Uh, had a lot of fun uh, from the other side. So I had a number of people come up to me and didn't know that I had left. So apparently they're not podcast listeners. Or they are and they just realize that you're never there anyway. I, touche, touche. So what sessions are you presenting exactly? Yeah, so I did, uh, one of my sessions was the Red Hat Partner Session, which was DevOps on OpenShift on NetApp HCI. Uh, the other one was a session talking about deploying OpenShift and Trident to consume the NetApp portfolio. So you did a session on Trident, but you don't actually work at NetApp anymore? You know, some things change, some things stay the same. Excellent, yeah. The, the thing that stays the same is that Andrew cannot say no. Anyway, uh, so... Are you guys going to be at Barcelona? I do not know. Inside Barcelona? Well, I mean, just in general. Bar- I mean, are you just going to crash the party, or are you going to be at Inside Barcelona? Well, yeah. Good, because there's going to be some ham up there, tapas. You guys are going to hang out with me more there, and then in here you guys were ditching me the entire time. You mean jamon. Jamon. And yeah. paella, you know, and paella. So you guys, are you guys going to ditch me again? You didn't really hang out with me at all I felt I felt slighted well you know we, there, look we found the sangria place and uh, mistakes were made that's all I can say it's a mistake absolutely so uh, yeah I'm, a, I'm still offended uh, again if you guys want to ever join us on the podcast you are always welcome uh, if you want to talk about things that you're working on at VMware or Red Hat uh, you know where to find us um, so yeah thanks again guys no, thank you Justin good to see you again bud Thanks. Great seeing you. See you at lunch. Yeah. (laughs) While it was great to catch up with some old friends, we are also making new ones, such as our partnership in AI and machine learning with NVIDIA. I was able to chat with Renee Yao about that partnership, as well as her inside experience, including the Women in Technology panel. Here she is. All right, I'm back in North Carolina. Um, I flew all the way back from Las Vegas from Insight and jumped on this WebEx just to get Renee Yao on the podcast. So hi, Renee. Hi. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So, uh, Renee, if you could tell the audience what you do and how to find you on social media. Yeah, so I work at NVIDIA and I do product marketing for our AI systems. And if you're on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at ReneeYao1. So please feel free to follow me and also um, anything else that's related to AI too. Does this mean you're the number one Renee Yao? Yes, I would like to think that. <laughs> Number one, Renee Yell. Excellent. <laughs> so um, AI and ML is all the rage, right? So this is like the newest trend that's coming up uh, within the market. Um, but we have a partnership with you and NVIDIA. Uh, if you could go into a little bit of detail about how that works and what sort of things NVIDIA and NetApp are doing together. The most exciting thing for me is our joint reference architecture that we put together for ONTAP AI, which essentially is our DGX systems, which is our AI supercomputer, alongside with your um, most powerful data management solution to help accelerate AI innovations for our joint customers. Excellent. So yeah, the ONTAP AI where you can basically buy almost what's essentially a FlexPod, but not a FlexPod, right? Because it doesn't have the, the CVD design stuff. But it's NVIDIA servers and, and AFF systems and super fast, super beefy for your AI ML needs. 
Absolutely. Yes. In fact, just from the performance perspective, um, your AFF A800 can give a massive throughput of 300 gigabyte per second and extreme low latency at 200 microseconds. That's just amazing number. And when I was on the roadshow with you guys, when we presented these data in front of your customers, the customers just looked at the number and jaws dropped. They didn't know like such throughput is needed, but absolutely in our AI environment to have such throughput to feed the beast of a machine of our DGX system, that's what the customers of the future need to be able to accelerate their innovation. So you're telling me that customers want performance? Absolutely. <laughs> I think performance is table stake, I know, yeah. uh, but when you can take it up a notch, it just changes the game. And not just performance, right? And also the storage capacity as well. And I know 79 petabyte of storage, for some people, it's hard for them to wrap their head around. But quite frankly, for NVIDIA, we have started seeing so many more customers that start generating that um, volume of data. And even use NVIDIA as an example. For us, we have a self-driving car department where we started generating self-driving car related data two to three years ago. Now to give you a perspective, um, we now actually have 1500 labelers and on a weekly basis we generate one petabyte of data. And we actually need 15 petabytes of data, active data, to stay warm for active learning for self-driving car training. And we're actually on track to produce 100 petabytes of self-driving car data. Now, that really gives you a perspective, and that's just only one department within our NVIDIA organization. So, and, you know, NVIDIA is not the largest company. There's many larger companies out there that's also generating just that much data. So, no matter it's from the storage perspective, from the performance perspective, I think it brings both NVIDIA and NetApp at a very good place to help our future customers. I find it real interesting that companies like NVIDIA and Apple and Google are getting into this self-driving car market. I mean, you'd expect it from like the Fords and Volkswagens of the world, you know, even the Teslas of the world, right? But, you know, it's interesting to see like NVIDIA getting into the game. Yeah, I think it's mainly because of our NVIDIA GPUs, um, graphics processing unit, and it's the brains of machine. And you need something that fast um, to be able to help the self-driving cars to make smart decisions. You have a lot of um, computation that you have to crank through in real time to make smart decisions. So it's kind of a no-brainer why there's more than 300 um, car companies are partnering with NVIDIA in particular to drive their innovation. Yeah, and I mean, and we talked about performance a little bit a sec, you know, a little bit ago, and you mentioned throughput, and you mentioned latency, and while that stuff is important, what really comes down to is the bottom line of time to completion of these analysis, right? So you're trying to chew through all this data, and the faster it can complete, the more likely you're going to move on to the next thing, and you're going to make money, right? So ultimately, performance is great, but time to completion is going to be your end goal, and that's what something that DGX and ONTEP AI can bring you. Absolutely. And I think some specific number I can even give you is um, compared to some of the folks who want to do build their own systems, it could take them more than 
three months. And now, actually, using a DGX systems, they can get up and running within an hour or two. So that time to insight is very significant for some of our future customers as well. Yeah, absolutely. So you were at Insight, um, mm-hmm. and you were all over the place just like I was. Um, what were your thoughts of the event? I mean, have you ever been to an Insight before? And if you haven't, what did you think? This is actually my first Insight, and I love it. Um, I think what I saw with the audience is the awareness of a. I definitely need to be increased, where in video we live and breathe um, AI day in and day out, but where there's many infrastructure folks or um, enterprises may um, didn't know that AI has moved so fast, and I was able to share with them some of the specific use cases on how AI has been transforming many industries. So did you get a lot of questions from people that came up to you and you know, were like, NVIDIA, don't you guys just make video cards? <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, um, many people still think, us, think of us as the gaming chips company. And we actually... Since 30 years ago, we started doing GPUs and we try to satisfy some of the most demanding users in the gaming world. But since then, we realized the extremely massively parallel computation power, the expertise that we learned in that area, we can really benefit people also in the high performance computing and data center space. So the last five, 10 years, we have really honed in our mission on helping enterprises who have large amounts of data and help them generate insights using deep learning and AI. And beyond that, I mean, the market's changing, right? I mean, you can't rely on supplying video cards for gamers forever because some of them are moving into the cloud too. Um, So you have to really evolve and change your business model. And this is a perfect fit, I think, for NVIDIA. Absolutely. And I think that brings also just from this cloud aspect, NVIDIA and NetApp together, we are ready for the cloud, um, anyone that wants to use cloud as well. And our NVIDIA GPUs is also um, in all of our major cloud service provider and same as NetApp. You guys have great announcements this week. So at Insight, you also participated in a woman in technology panel. Could you give me a little bit of information about what that was and how that all went for you? Yeah, I think that was a that was an amazing event with more than 450 men and women participating in the audience. I was very, very fortunate to join a very prestigious panel with NetApp CEO, CMO, Senior Solution Engineering, and um, SVP from DreamWorks. And people came up to me afterwards and really resonated with the message that I share with them, what our CEO said, that we have this concept of speed of light, which basically means that we need to move, think, and learn as fast as possible, just like the speed of light, just like our NVIDIA GPUs. And no matter if it's NVIDIA entering into a new market or us as new employees learning new skills, we always need to put ourselves out there and learn fast. And something else is we don't really judge ourselves by the competition, but by the limits of what is possible. And that is just a true measure of what we are capable of and also a fundamental mindset change to learn things that we haven't learned before. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, it's it's great that you guys all were on a panel of a variety of people, right? And, and it wasn't so much a focus on, oh, you're a woman and you're in technology. It was more of, what do you know? You know, what sort of exactly. information can you provide? 
Exactly. And it's the whole diversity and inclusion of no matter what your background is, we're there to share what we what we are hearing and what we have experienced. So you also did some spotlight sessions as well. So what were those about? The spotlight session was with Octavian from NetApp. And we mainly talked about the roadshow that I was on in Canada, where I visited four around the 12 cities that we put together with NetApp. And it was very interesting because we started hearing in the audience that infrastructure folks and a data scientist team started having more of an open dialogue because both teams realized that they can't sit in silo and wait for things to happen. Data scientists, they, um, the ex- exploding list of use cases are not really new for them, but it, bring, it brought to their attention that partnering with the infrastructure teams can actually give them the infrastructure needed for future scale-up or scale-out solutions. And for the infrastructure teams, they realize the importance of start asking questions to these data scientists, researchers, line of businesses who are doing and leading innovation and give them the tools needed to be proactive. And neither team can afford to be reactive. And um, yeah, that was one of the things that I shared with the audience where they started seeing that the industry are really changing fundamentally because of the AI revolution. And of course, on top of that, we highlighted why NVIDIA and NetApp, uh, why are we partnering together? We did touch on the whole thing um, with the performance and capability. And I think one additional thing that what NetApp really brings to the table is you guys more than having more than 25 years of history helping banks, government, hospitals, manufacturing, and just large companies that are trying to store, protect, and manage your data. And um, in fact, one of the transportation customers that reached out and said they have more than 200 different applications generating silo data and really need help to consolidate them. And 200 applications of silo data could be a tedious task for the customers. But when you guys showed up in the room with us, you guys showed up with all the confidence saying that, hey, we have helped customers dealt with more than 8,000 applications. So that customer in particular was in very good hand. And I just think this is an absolutely great partnership for helping our customers anywhere that they, um, anywhere that they are. Yeah, and I mean, and really what it comes down to is trust. Because, I mean, if you want to get storage, you're going to look at a name like NetApp for trust. If you want GPUs, you're definitely going to go to look at NVIDIA for that kind of trust. Yeah. It'd be like if you're trying to part with a cheese manufacturer, you'd go to Kraft, <laughs> <laughs> right? You'd go with yeah. the biggest names in the industry, and that's really what it's about here. It's the reliability, the predictability, and sometimes familiarity as well. Absolutely. So if you had one word of advice for someone that was interested in getting more information about AI and, and machine learning and you know just getting started, what would that be? Learn as much as you can. There are many, many classes out there that you can take. For example, we have NVIDIA Deep Learning Institute. There are classes out there on Coursera, Udacity, Stanford Continuing Studies, anywhere that you can get some just hands-on work with deep learning do it because this world is changing so fast and all of us need to move at the speed of light. Yep. Absolutely. Well said, Renee. Um, so there you have it in NVIDIA NetApp, like peanut butter and chocolate or chocolate <laughs> and peanut butter, whatever you want to call it. So thanks a lot for joining us, Renee. Thank you.
Someone once told me that attending a tech conference is a bit like a high school reunion. And they're right. You run into all sorts of old and familiar faces. That someone was actually Greg Nearman, who is famous for his own podcast, Speaking in Tech. I was able to snag him for a quick chat about what he's been up to now that he's got a brand new NetApp badge. All right, I'm here at NetApp Insight 2018 in Las Vegas. Um, sitting here on a couch. It's very comfy because I've been walking all day. But I've got a very special guest with me here today, Greg Nearman. I said that right, didn't I? Yeah, 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 it's all right. And this couch is very comfortable, by the way. It is. So if I start falling asleep, you give me the elbow. Well, if you start falling asleep, that's my fault, right? <laughs> I'm not asking you enough interesting questions. So Greg Nearman is new to NetApp, uh, but you may not, uh, you may you may know him from other things, so he's not new to tech. Uh, and speaking of, he was a host of Speaking in Tech, the creator, actually, right? The founder, yeah. the head honcho. So, Greg, uh, if you could kind of give us a background and who you are and how to find you on Twitter and what you've done. Sure, sure. Well, on Twitter, I'm just Nearman, uh, my last name. And uh, as you mentioned, I've been, I did the Speaking in Tech podcast for, for, I think, over five years. I was with Hitachi uh, previous to this for about Ooh. Hey, it's all good, right? I mean, and, and let's be honest here. Hitachi and NetApp are going in two different directions as far as the technology goes. They've got a lot of focus around IoT. The acquisitions they've made are very focused in a different technology area than I, I think NetApp is. But you know, I think traditionally people look at NetApp and Hitachi and Tara as competitors. Um, but for me, coming over to NetApp was more about if you look at the progress that NetApp has been has been making in this space and just the, the quality of talent and the vision on this team, um, it was really, for me, a very exciting challenge. Um, it, it's, it's been a blast of only two weeks in, so I don't know what I don't know yet. So, Justin, I expect you're going to, like, hit me over the head a few times when I, when I get it wrong. No, I'm going to tell you all the wrong information to sabotage your career. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Because it's fun. It's a game. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, I'll definitely be chump, right? Yeah, I'll definitely be here to help you out. But uh, I guess what we want to know is what you're going to be doing here at NetApp. Like, what's your role and what sort of things are you going to be focusing on? Sure. Well, I've got a really overinflated title, Chief Technologist. Uh, Chief Technologist. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Rock on. Um, so, uh, if you could, if, if you if you think about what a traditional evangelist does, uh, it, it's all of those roles. Plus, it's also about, um, you know, a lot of the work I did at Hitachi was around messaging and how do we tell the story. And so, I think NetApp, uh, very much like Hitachi, has a lot of the same challenges and opportunities of how do we tell the story? How, how, how does the, the technology drive business value for our customers? And to me, that's really exciting. It's not just being the company cheerleader. It's like really putting meat on the bones of, of how we're telling the story. How do we up-level the story? How do we take it to the next level? And there's a whole team. So I, I work on uh, Barat Bad, Badnat's team, um, focusing on ONTAP and Flash. Um, but really, when we're talking about our solutions, we're not just talking about one piece of the, of the pie. It really, we have to cover, cover the whole portfolio. Um, uh, but structurally, I report through uh, Barat. Okay, excellent. So... As far as being a chief technologist is concerned, um, what sort of things do you see as important to, to stress with NetApp in its direction? Well, sure. There's, there's a lot of different directions you go. I've got some personal passions that I have, particularly around the edge, right? If you, if you look at, at where technology is going to be two, three, five years from now, and you look at the compute and storage uh, processing power at the edge and how that's going to impact and dramatically change how 
uh, resources are consumed and analyzed at the edge. I think, to me personally, that's exciting. That's a, it's an area that I've spent a fair amount of time um, diving into. So there, there's that aspect to it. But I think there's also, when we talk about uh, up-leveling the conversation and aligning the, the CIO or C-level priorities down through the portfolio, it's at, I think oftentimes that's a different conversation than starting off with the portfolio working up to the problems we're solving. So it's a, philosophically, I come at it from a, from a little bit different perspective. And uh, hopefully that adds value and helps us to, there's another dimension of telling the story. Excellent. So um, as far as you know, what you've seen so far from the event, how does it compare to other events you've, you've been at and you know, what sort of things have interested you the most? Well, it's, it's, it's weird because you know, coming uh, to NetApp Insight or going to any of the industry events, oftentimes it feels like it, it's a school reunion, a high school reunion. You run into uh, industry analysts, media, your peers in the industry, and it's great just to catch up and find out what everybody's up to at a, at a social level. Um, from a technical level, this is particularly interesting, and I, I think it's a it's a good year for for NetApp as a lot of the strategies are, are obviously taking hold and growing. If you, if you look at the uh, obviously the growth and the success in the, in the flash business and ONTAP, but also uh, if you, if you look at HCI and, and a, a lot of the work that that team is doing. And then if you look at the partnerships, the ecosystems that NetApp has with Google, AWS, and Azure, it's a really broad... And again, I, to me, I think a lot of the, the success that NetApp has had and is going to have is going to be dependent upon those ecosystem partners and how they work, and also their channel partners as well. But I, I, you put it all together, it becomes real here at Insight. You can see how all those pieces fit together. Have you been able to attend any sessions, or you just been kind of taking it all in? Well, I, I've been doing a lot of analyst work um, this week, and obviously I've got uh, historical connections with a lot of analysts and, and media here. So a lot of my focus has been um, uh, kind of shadowing Octavian and Barat and others in the presentations they're giving, um, listening to the feedback that they're getting from analysts and media, uh, seeing where the questions are, where the gaps are maybe are in the messaging, um, and just uh, learning as much as I can. Excellent. Any, any other wise parting words for us? Oh, listen to the podcast because I, I'll tell you what I've been part of my like ramping up and getting up to speed of what's going on with NetApp because honestly when I was at Hitachi I wasn't paying attention to what NetApp was doing so I've had this like pretty steep ramp here and your podcast has really kind of facilitated that uh, very quickly for me so that's my biggest advice hey it's a great advice I you know this sadly enough though no one's going to get that advice unless they're listening to the podcast already that's right. That's why they got you tell a friend, right? <laughs> so everybody's got tasks this week. Tell yeah. two friends, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what kind of progress you can make in that one step. Excellent. Sounds great. And if you want to reach me at podcast.netup.com, I might shoot you a sticker or something. <laughs> can I get a sticker? You can. Okay. You can get a shirt if you want. A shirt? No. Uh, yes. You shut the front door. Yeah. Andrew and Glenn gave us a nice inside-out perspective of NetUp, while Greg delivered the inverse point of view from the outside looking in. But I was also interested in gathering some insight, see what I did there, from NetApp employees. NetApp Insight is one of those events that you'll never know who you'll run into, nor where you might find them. It just so happened that I caught one of the NetApp founders in a pretty interesting location, and he was kind enough to let me steal a few minutes of his time to ask his thoughts on NetApp in this event. I'm guessing it was because he liked my hair. So I was walking by the bathroom, and I noticed someone coming out. It was Dave Hitz. I was like, you know what? That guy looks like he needs to be interviewed. He just got done going to the bathroom, and he obviously wants to be bothered. <laughs> hey, how are you? Good. So um, 
what what are you doing other than going to the bathroom? How's the how's the event been? Uh, you know, it feels so different. One of the one of our partners actually commented to me, and he said, "You know, you got Istio and Jason schemas on stage. This is not your grandfather's net app. You know, it just it this doesn't feel like a storage company, which I love. I mean, we're we're yeah, of course, at our heart, we're we're holding people's data and helping to manage it, but we're in a whole, so many different spaces. It's fun. So I keep hearing this. It's not your grandfather's net app, and it's a little disheartening because grandfathers are warm and cozy, and they smell like mothballs. Why don't we? want to be like that I, you know yeah grandpa's great i mean he's got warther's originals what's wrong with grandpa but the world keeps changing and in it if you don't change you die and yeah. i think that's the key yeah. message i mean and we see that with our customers too i mean the, the folks that are going oh no i haven't actually looked at the cloud is like come on like at least look um it's happened so many times i want to make a silly analogy if you were the guy who loved Unix and you said, oh, those PCs suck, I'm not going to learn one, they'll never kill Unix, you were right, they didn't kill Unix, but you know what, someone who doesn't know how to use a PC, it's crazy. Or like, that iPhone's never going to kill my PC. No, learn the new thing too. I'm not saying the old thing dies, learn the new thing too. That's, that's my message. Yeah, and you know, honestly, we should be listening to the message because Dave Hitz is a prime example of needing to change, right? I mean, you started out and you wrote the file system. If you had just rested on your laurels, you could be living off somewhere, you know, doing fun things. But yeah. no, you wanted to do now new that you things. you mention it, what is wrong with What is me? wrong with you? <laughs> Question one, what's wrong with you? Question two, you, what are you doing? Like, how are you in, in innovating now? Well, you know, I have a bunch of non-NetApp projects. Let me tell you about a non-NetApp project Ooh, that you might not be aware of. I was not aware of this. Um, as a kid, I, my parents dragged me off to Shakespeare plays, and I've enjoyed them all my life. But what I learned is you can't really enjoy them if you don't read it ahead of time. It's like, I don't always want to do homework. So I have a project to translate all 39 Shakespeare plays into performable works of theater. We hired... Uh, 72 translators and scholars, and by some accounts, it's the largest translation project since the King James Bible. Interesting. Have you have you looked at like implementing something with machine learning or AI? No, no, no. no, no. We're no? hiring poets. Oh, poets, no, no, actual no, no. We're, real people. We're, we're talking. About Why are you doing that? People suck. No, I'm kidding. I'm Not kidding. Not for writing poetry. No, I mean th- this is uh, these are these are real live translations for theatrical productions. You don't get a machine to do that. Yeah, so, that's right. No, You're I'm true. interested in all sorts of stuff. Yeah. The, the computers are fun. AI is fun. Um, Shakespeare, that's cool. So hey, I gotta run. All right, good, good seeing hey, you. Hey, good talk, Dave. Thanks. Dave Hits wasn't the only heavy hitter walking the floor at Insight. I spied NetApp's executive vice president of sales, Henri Richard, and flagged him down for a few minutes to get some advice on what someone new to Insight might want to consider. I managed to see uh, Henri Richard walking by, and I snagged him because uh, he didn't have anybody with him. And I was like, oh, he's, he looks lonely. He needs some, needs some company. So, Henri, if you could tell everybody who you are and what you do here at NetApp, and if you have a social media presence, how to find you there. Sure. So first, Justin, thanks for stopping me. <laughs> Um, so at NetApp, I uh, have a, a long title called Executive Vice President of Worldwide Field and Customer Operation. Really, the short version is I run sales. And uh, I'm very happy to be here at Insight. Really uh, a pretty spectacular event this year. I felt I feel like uh, you know it's come to age now. Um, in particular, what strikes me this year is the level of energy. And I would say that, you know, I've only been with a a company for two and a half years. This is my third insight. Um, I would say that the the data fabric strategy is really coming to age. Yeah. Feels like it's now, you know, it's here, it's solid, it's got proof points. 
Um, not to say that it wasn't the case last year, but you know, let's face it, it was introduced four years ago. At the time, it was a concept. Now it's it's a it's a harsh reality uh, with some really great proof points. Yeah, and really the data fabric uh, mantra has been adopted, so to speak, by yeah. other people, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you know you you see it uh, throughout the uh, the event. You see it in every one of the keynotes. I think it's. Uh, for me, that's traveling around the world, talking to a lot of customers. Um, you know, it's a fantastic way to have a great conversation with a customer without having to even cover storage. Um, doesn't mean you don't end up selling storage. It's just that it, it really elevates the debate and the type of uh, exchange that we can have with customers. And I think all of our folks need to, you know, find a way to reach, frankly, existing buyer with a different story. And also, of course, it's a great tool for new buyers and new customers. So you were, you've been kind of instrumental in how this event takes, you know, transpires and how it gets organized. From start to finish, do you feel like it's encapsulated that vision you had? Well, you know, when I joined, uh, uh, the event was already in transition, right? It started as really a training uh, event for our SE community. And then I know we added partners and then, uh, you know, customers. And so now, as you can see this year, the pivot is not completed, but it's probably the year where it feels the most like a customer event. Not to say we're not doing all the training, etc., but we've changed it. And frankly, I've been uh, part of the team that wanted that transformation because we spent a lot of money here, and I always feel better spending money on customers and on ourselves. And so I kind of like spending money on myself, but go ahead. Yeah, I know, I, I get it, but you know, so, so, um, and when you, when we're in front of customers, you know, another one of my belief is. You either show up with the best you can be or you don't show up at all, right? So um, certainly uh, along with Gene, we've been thinking about how do we make Insight the best it can be, really focused on the customer. Uh, and then, yes, there's a whole bunch of other things that are happening around training and so forth. So I think you've seen a step in that direction last year, another big step this year, and probably you know another next step, maybe the last step next year, which will really turn this into a, a premier event not only for existing customer and the technical community, but frankly, what we're trying to do is to bring a lot more new people to come and see what NetApp is really about. Because a lot of people think they know us, but they kind of know us from what we did a little bit in the past, not so much about where we're going. Excellent. So Barcelona will be the next stop uh, in December. Si, if, senor. Si, senor. Jamón. <laughs> so uh, if you had one word of advice for someone attending Inside Barcelona, what would that be? I had completely unprompted, as I'm moving around here, like inside Central, people coming up to me saying, you know, really the quality of the technical sessions this year is a notch up. You know, I can't, I'm not a technician, I can't really tell, but it's good when people naturally come to me and say, hey, you know, really, really good job. So I would say go and make the best out of the, the technical session. There's a lot of new stuff, right? A lot more cloud stuff, a lot more AI, ML stuff, um, you know, HCI, of course. So I think there's a lot of new topics. Um, that allow our folks and our customers and partners to expand their horizon with regards to our technology. And then um, the second thing is, you know, bring a critical self. This is an event that we've designed for the attendees. Uh, our entire objective is for people to really be satisfied uh, with what they found. And yet, you know, it may be surprising, but, you know, in most cases, we're lucky if we get 25% of the attendees giving us their feedback. I'd love to up that percentage. You know, I'd like like half of the people tell me what they liked and disliked because that's what's guiding next year, the year after, and the year after. So go see some new stuff and don't forget to tell us what worked and what didn't. That's right. Fill out that survey or Henri will find you. 
I'll try. Yeah. All right, Henri, I don't want to take any more of your time. Thanks so much for Thanks, letting Justin. me stop you. Take right, care. Thanks. Love your wig. Thank you. Speaking of someone that is new to Insight, I randomly saw one of our general session speakers, Rachel Hedges, at the social media booth. And despite her obvious celebrity, I got the nerve up to ask her to join us on the podcast and recap her NetApp HCI experience. I am standing with uh, Rachel Hedges. So I don't know if you know who Rachel Hedges is, but she's kind of a big deal. Uh, <laughs> she was on the main stage at Insight uh, giving a nice presentation on her HCI story with NetApp. So, Rachel, what did you think about being on the main stage? Uh, honestly, this whole last week, I have been freaking out. It's a huge stage. It's probably bigger than anything I've seen before, and I was nervous. Yesterday, I thought, you know what? This is cool. I can do this. I'm fine. This morning, I was fine. If I'm honest, I had a quick Bloody Mary for breakfast to calm those nerves. But then I got to those steps, and I was like, oh, my gosh, here we go. And... It was great. As soon as I got on there, it was all go. It's a crazy adrenaline rush. I love sharing our stories with everyone, so it was fantastic. So sometimes they tell you when you're going to be presenting in front of a large crowd to imagine everyone in their underwear. (laughs) Did you do this? I definitely thought about it before I went up, but I forgot when I was up there. But I did do it during rehearsals, but just don't tell. Anyways. It's a little weirder because there's fewer (laughs) people, so it's it's a little more intimate. It is great. Uh, So... You were on stage talking about HCI, so I know you, you did your presentation up there, and people could always look at that and, and after the recordings. But if you can give us just kind of a breakdown of what you talked about up there. Sure. So I'm from a company in Australia called Concertel Cloud, and we adopted and partnered with NetApp um, to provide HCI solutions to all of our clients all over the world. We're a global company, so while we're headquartered in Melbourne in Australia, we also have data centers in Sydney, London, New York, Uh, Singapore and soon we're going to be opening Hong Kong coming up in December which is super exciting. So I got up and I talked about what the value of HCI is for Concertel Cloud, what the value of HCI is for our clients and our customers that we're able to pass on through using HCI uh, and what that looks like all together. So what is the value of using HCI for for your cloud? Honestly, there's so many points I don't know where to start. For us, there's just the opportunity to create a whole heap more value for our clients. And that starts with deployment, where it's up to 68% quicker for us than other solutions we've used before. And then, of course, with cost and margins, and that it's at least 33% cheaper than anything else on the market in Australia, and up to 50%, which is savings that we can pass on to our clients. It's agile, it's scalable, it's granular. You can grow as our clients grow. And we're just able to provide them with the best solutions that they need so that they can really focus on their core business. So being easy and scalable seems pretty important for cloud providers, I would imagine. Yes, absolutely. So you would have heard if you're at the keynote today, the trend of agility and of scalability is just epically important. And we're in a we're in an age now where companies grow and they change and their data needs change at the same time. And the ability to do that on the fly and so quickly at a really economical price, it's perfect. Awesome. So, Rachel, if people wanted to find you on social media, do you have a Twitter handle or somewhere to reach you? I sure do. So, it's Rachel underscore 09. Now, I know my accent is a little bit funny, so I'll spell that out. It's R-A-C-H-A-E-L underscore 09. But definitely check out Concertel Cloud on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. So, was it like a, a matter of you couldn't decide which vowel was better, A or E? So, you're like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to use them both. You know what? The last three days I've been practicing trying to say net up. I still can't even do it. I say net app. I'm actually, I have a Kiwi accent and that's why it's a little bit funny even more. And I got up on stage and I thought, you know what? 
I'm just going to rock this crazy accent that I have and people can talk to me about it, which obviously is happening, which is great. I love the accent. Are you familiar with the Flight of the Concords by any chance? Of course I'm familiar with the Flight of the Concords. It's good. They are fantastic. Yeah. I love them. Yeah, I know you've heard of I know you've heard of this thing called Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, you know, once or twice. There's there's little hobbits that run around our farm, believe it or not. I believe it. Uh, <laughs> and I had to throw the Lord of the Rings reference in there because that's the common gag in Flight of the Concords. Um, so anyway, awesome. Rachel, thank you so much for joining My us and talking pleasure. to us. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Rachel was a great sport and seems to be a happy customer. I also ran into another happy customer in a big Tech on Tap podcast fan, Dwayne Martins of HD Supply, who gave me the rundown of how he's automating his NetApp storage environment. I'm standing here with an actual real-life customer in the flesh. Uh, his name is Dwayne Martins. He is a customer that works at HD Supply. So, Dwayne, uh, without further ado, could you tell the audience who you are and how to find you on social media? Yeah, hi. I am uh, Dwayne. I, uh, I am on Facebook, LinkedIn, and on uh, Twitter, uh, handle at Dwayne Martins. Uh, I work at HD Supply as a storage engineer. Been here for about two years. Um, we are, I would say we're, we're a relatively large customer of NetApp. Um, we have uh, a NetApp at every one of our branches, and we use SnapMirror to get all that data back to our central hubs and back it up from there. We also use NFS very heavily for all of our Linux hosts uh, for supporting um, kind of data collection across applications. Okay, so what does HD Supply do? So we're a very major uh, distributor in the United States. So if you drive down the street, you'll probably see a, a truck, a vehicle of some sort, you know, delivering parts to uh, whether it's a construction site to build a building or uh, parts to a hotel or or even just, uh, you know, like a, like a small hotel or not a hotel, but a um, like a, maybe a, an apartment building or something like that, a complex to, to maintain their their uh, facilities. Okay. So you mentioned you have remote sites. Are you leveraging ONTAP Select at all? Are you looking into that to kind of have the edge cases where you're snap mirroring back in? Or are you doing straight fast systems in those remote sites? So we actually have started looking at it. Uh, primarily, we, we have actual physical fast systems. Um, we did look at buying some, some uh, hardware, maybe a little bit beefier hardware, using uh, ONTAP Select as kind of the, the compute for, for, or not as the compute, but the storage for the compute set up some virtual machines and that sort of stuff. Uh, right now, we don't have much compute at these branches, so it's primarily for file services. So given that you're doing file services in these branches, have you heard about the new FlexCast feature in ONTAP 9.5? No, I haven't. I actually have not heard of it. Okay, well, I'll tell you about it now. So FlexCache is brought back in ONTAP 9.5. It's NFS v3 only currently, which I would imagine fits into your environment. But what it's essentially going to do is use a FlexGroup volume as a cache, and these remote sites can access these localized caches to give it better performance so you have more of a true global namespace. Would something like that help in your environment? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, probably not at the branches, more for our, uh, our highly visible critical tier one applications in the, in, in the uh, global support centers. Um, I think that's definitely something we'll, we'll be looking into a little bit deeper. Okay. And you mentioned that these trucks drive around and they go to different sites and they probably come back to the, the local branch. Are you doing anything currently with IoT or, or AI where you're collecting data in, from these trucks and then bringing it back to sync back to the data centers? We do a little bit, uh, not as much. Um, they, they, from what I know and understand about what the, the drivers do, because I'm not very close to that part of the business, uh, they do kind of maintain uh, using tablets some of the data along the way. And then once the, once the trucks get back, somebody does data entry, they put it into the system. Uh, we use SAP, so all of that ends up back at the main hub, the, the 
Global Support Center, where they do data crunching and analytics and stuff. So it sounds like your organization is pretty big and you've got a lot on your plate. So how are you making your life easier managing these storage systems? What's, what, what sort of things are you doing that's innovative in, in trying to automate things? Great question. So uh, one of the most recent uh, initiatives by the upper management is, is kind of to try to save some time, close the business quicker, uh, get, get things going faster. Uh, as well as keeping the business safe. So some of the most recent tools, uh, leveraging some of the community, Reddit, that sort of stuff, uh, people have pointed me in the direction of APIs and workflow automation. So we've begun creating these these automated tasks that we can kind of give the business or various parts of, of the IT world and give them the ability to do things without having to submit tickets, without having to uh, to come to us or wait 24 hours to get tasks done. So leveraging those, uh, kind of creating that automation process, pre-approved tasks gives the, the user of, of the NetApp or, or of uh, the storage, you know, who's consuming it, the ability to go in and automatically expand their, their volumes uh, if they're getting full. Uh, create NFS export rules for new boxes that are coming online. And then also leveraging those APIs to script out the process of creating a VM. If they already know it's going to be a Linux box, they'll automatically throw that API in there so it'll automatically have those rules when it comes up and then it gets passed over to the business. Cool. Are you using anything like uh, Ansible or Chef or Puppet or anything to kind of coordinate these tasks? Yeah, we do. We use uh, Ansible and Puppet. Uh, It's a very small footprint right now. Uh, That's actually driven by more of the the Unix team, Uh, but they are leveraging that and as well as uh, VRA, Realize Automation and Orchestration, kind of creating that ability, that self-service tool to let people uh, spin up new VMs kind of on the fly and then leveraging those tools like Puppet and Ansible. And how about Docker and containers? Are you using that? And if so, are you also leveraging something like Trident? Uh, very, very, very small footprint of Docker and containers. Uh, I would say probably only a couple of our applications can even su- be supported inside of containers. Most of our stuff is big, bo- app, big box applications. They're just not supported in that configuration. Um, but, I mean, it's definitely something we're trying to uh, look at. We're trying to refocus on where we can increase productivity and, and, and automation from that ultra-portable uh, ability to move our applications, whether it's on-prem or in the cloud. And kind of move them around. So you said the magic word, uh, cloud, <laughs> right? So how are you using the cloud today, and are you leveraging NetApp's data fabric to utilize the cloud? Uh, so we're looking into the data fabric. Uh, right now, like I said before, we have big box applications, SAP, um, uh, Ecom, uh, IBM, and Oracle applications, which they're, they're not supported in the cloud, uh, and we have very large instances of VMs, which wouldn't necessarily make sense to run in the cloud, uh, even if we built them kind of cloud-ready. Uh, but ultimately, it, we have to be supported by the vendor. So and as those new applications comes out and they support it, we definitely want to look into, at least from a DR perspective, right? So we can essentially take that application, move it to the cloud, move it back, uh, we're in Florida, so uh, we get hit by hurricanes. I was not aware of that. Yeah, well, the, the headquarters is actually in Atlanta, but, you know, Florida, in Atlanta for that matter, right, hurricane comes up, goes straight up the coast, it could hit both locations. So uh, basically being able to move the, the applications around, whether they're in containers, whether they're cloud-ready, leveraging uh, somebody else's compute, somebody else's cloud is, is ultimately where we want to be. We, we want to make sure that the business doesn't skip a beat. Every time we're an application is down, we're losing, you know, a million dollars. Yeah, it's 
quite a loss there, so you definitely want to make sure those are up. So what are you doing with the cloud then? I mean, you mentioned you're using it. Is it strictly for archive today, or is it, are you doing other things with it? Uh, so primarily archive, we have Vault to Vault. So uh, we had a very large initiative uh, a couple of years back to essentially get rid of uh, Iron Mountain, right? Get rid of tapes. Uh, so pretty much any any long term goes into Glacier S3 uh, using Alta Vault, and um, most of our you know SaaS Windows type stuff, right? So we use OneDrive, we use uh, for user data, right? Uh, as well as um, Office 365. But the from a cloud uh, compute or application standpoint, right now we don't have much in the cloud running from the cloud solely in the cloud. Uh, we do we have identified certain applications, certain internal applications that we know we can run in the cloud and we've moved there as proof of, of concept, but it's uh, it does those are more for IT. They're more for the global support center and less of the business. So they don't provide as much value. So it's it's harder to push that. Have you uh, heard anything about the NetApp data availability services that's been released in NotTap 9.5? Are you familiar with that at all? No, I am not. All right, so NetApp data availability services is a new feature in ONTAP 9.5 as a proxy. So essentially what you would do is you'd replicate your uh, source to a destination snap mirror, which is running at 9.5. It's got an NDAS proxy as well as copy to cloud APIs. And it would accelerate those backups into the cloud. And everything is, is done a cloud resident. The orchestration and the, and the GUI is run through the cloud as well. So that's something to maybe look into to like mm-hmm. you know, orchestrate your backups and, and, and other things like that. Uh, just to kind of make things a little easier and, and uh, better to manage. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think uh, you know over the next couple of years, we'll reevaluate our, our backups and that whole process. And that will definitely be on the forefront. Excellent. Uh, so what are your thoughts of the event overall? Is this your first event or have you been in multiple ones? And, you know, what was your favorite thing here? Uh, so this is my first uh, NetApp Insight ever. Um, I think it's very well organized. There's lots to do. There's a lot of, a lot of really good uh, talks going on. Uh, some of them are familiar faces. I've, I've seen them, uh, whether it was online or in a local event in Florida. Um, but overall, I, I think it's been fantastic. A uh, lot of great people. It was nice to meet you, Justin. Uh, Likewise. <laughs> I, uh, I, I always listen to the podcast, and I'm, I'm a big fan. So when I walked up and saw you, and then you, uh, you asked me to be on here, I was very, very excited. Yeah, man, all you got to do, really, all it takes to get on this podcast is to ask. <laughs> Whoa, there's honking going on. That's going to go in the audio. We're keeping that. That's, that's, that's staying. Um, that's, that's realism. So anything else that you, you wanted to say about the event or anything else that you wanted to, to you know, take, take home with you? Uh, I, I, like I said, overall, it's been fantastic. Uh, there's still so much that, even though we're on day three, you know, here the last day, uh, there's still so much that I, I haven't been able to, to tackle. Uh, so I'm hoping to spend a lot of time on the floor today, uh, talk to some of the vendors, and kind of, um, you know, meet some of some of the other customers, right? Some of the other people that are essentially doing the same stuff we are and how they're doing it, and um, you know, and come up with new technologies like everything in 9.5. The stuff that I haven't had a chance to look into. There's so many other things going on that you know, coming to these events helps you learn these these tools that you might not always know. Uh, depending on you know where you are in your in your day-to-day job, you might not have the time to research and learn. So this event really really helps with that. And as GIJ would say, knowing is half the battle. Yeah. Thank you so much, Justin. Thank you, Dwayne. Finally, no NetApp Insight recap is complete without getting the perspective of the esteemed NetApp A-Team members. If you're not familiar with the NetApp A-Team, they're a group of partners and customers who love NetApp and have decided to donate their time and efforts to help advocate for NetApp. If you're interested in more information, we'll include a link to the show notes. You can also follow them on Twitter at NetApp A-Team. I am here live at Tech on Tap Podcast broadcasting 
uh, Insight 2018. That's in totally reverse. I'm at Insight 2018 broadcasting the Tech on Tap podcast. I've got a whole slew of the NetApp A team here. Um, it truly is an army. Uh, so we're going to go around the circle here and, and introduce everybody and think about, and we're going to talk about what their thoughts of the event are and what their favorite thing that they've seen this year is. We're going to start logically to my right because I'm right handed, not because Rory's cool. Uh, so, Rory McBride. If you could tell everybody uh, in the audience who you are, what you do, and one thing that you uh, one thing that you really liked about this event. Hello, good morning. I'm Rory McBride from RBCS in the United Kingdom. Uh, I'm a technical account manager over there, and you can find me at, on Twitter at McBride underscore Rory. Um, the event has actually just been to another level this year. I love the way they've tied everything together into the three business imperatives, and um, the sublime demo that Anthony did on day one of the. Uh, the cloud volumes was uh, I think needs a second look alright and Rory uh, normally would wear his fancy shirts but he doesn't have one on he's got this A-team shirt on so he's, he's classing it up here keeping it for tonight keeping for it any. for tonight yeah so he also was on the mic yesterday so tell me a little bit about that experience it was great I mean I was a bit apprehensive knowing that I needed to get in for 6am for the general session but um, yeah it really got us fired up uh, it, it was a good way to get the message about the A-team out and uh, yeah the the whole general sessions, I think, you know, are our main reason to come to these events. You know, the messaging, the announcements that come out, um, they're worthwhile in their own right. All right. Next in line, Christopher Mackey, or just Chris Mackey. I'm sure he doesn't like being called Christopher. It's too formal. Uh, so, Chris, what do you do? How do we find you on social media? And what was one of your takeaways from the event from previous years? Hey, Justin. I'm Chris Mackey, uh, at Chris Mackey on Twitter. I'm a solutions architect at uh, Scalar Decisions up in Canada. Uh, this year's event has been uh, quite good. Like Roy was saying, the three uh, pillars, how they define that is uh, it's kind of a renewed focus. I also really enjoyed how they they kind of brought forward the whole women in tech thing and uh, making that come to the forefront. And I think that's really important because so often in, in this industry, women are left in the shadows. Uh, and having, um, I forget her name on stage today. Rachel Hedges. Having Rachel Hedges on stage today was fantastic. Um, yeah, and you know, the continued improvement of ONTAP and the hardware and all that, that's just that's always my favorite. So, thank you. So, you're, you do a blog every ONTAP release, and I understand that ONTAP 9.5 was in, introduced at today's general session. Uh, where can we find that blog? That blog is at blog.iops.ca. And, yeah, like I said, like you said, new, uh, new release on ONTAP means a new blog post for me, typically. Here we go. All right. <coughs> Next in line here, because he's cut in front of everybody. I saw that. Very, very sleek there. You like to stand next to me. Jason Benedicic. Uh, Jason, if you could tell the audience who you are, what you do, how to find you on social media, and one takeaway from this event. Uh, Jason Benedicic. I'm an independent consultant in the UK. Um, you can find me on Twitter at jbenedicic and a blog on the datacenterbrit.co.uk. Um, so for me, uh, key takeaway. The show and the attitude of NetApp has changed quite a lot in that now we're talking about how we're working from the cloud inward. Um, a lot of things are starting from the cloud. There's a lot more SaaS products. There's a lot more you know, solutions that work up in that layer. But you can also, it's all being pulled back in and integrated to the on-premises um, solutions that you offer. So the demo that we saw today in the keynote with the uh, HCI deployment from the uh, app services, um, that was really good. Excellent. So um, what sort of things are you currently doing with cloud orchestration and automating so uh, I'm currently working with some customers in the UK, working around uh, DevOps pipelines, CI, CD, and containerizing apps. So those things are all going to fit in really well there, especially the new uh, NetApp Kubernetes service. 
Um, the fact that we can deploy that to so many different places and so quickly, um, that application, that uh, acquisition was a, a, a turning point for me from NetApp because in the past acquisitions have taken a long time to come to fruition, but that one was go and see them, buy it live, you know, a week's span, maybe less. It was great. Yeah. Sometimes things just work out for you, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, next in line. Thank you, Jason. Philip Hardy. So, Philip, uh, I understand that you may or may not be a customer of NetApp. Yeah, I'm a customer of NetApp. Yep. All right. So, Philip, tell everybody who you are, what you do, and how to find you on social media. I'm Philip Hardy um, at philiphardy.nz. I'm an architect in New Zealand. I think the standout for me here probably um, is really good. Uh, the Women in Tech event. Um, I really like how they're they're pushing the cloud volume stuff. I like how. We're going from the cloud back into the data center, so um, NetApp support of on-premise stuff as well as in the cloud and the ability to be able to go across it the more. All right, and so as far as the event, what was one takeaway you got from one of the sessions you saw or something you saw on the floor that you really enjoyed? Oh, so um, definitely the Women in Tech lunch session was a big standout for me. Yeah, there's some great uh, women in tech in there. We're actually going to have one of those on the podcast. Uh, Renee Yell will join us on, on an interview here as well. And we've had Mecca Williams on here as well talking about how we do development at NetApp. So if you want to check that out, you can find us on the uh, techontechpodcast.com. So, Philip, uh, are you going to be going to Barcelona? Um, if I can get a ticket. All right, if you can get a ticket, I'm sure we can work something out. Possibly, maybe. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll have to talk to your mom. Okay. All right, uh, next, Matthew Underhill. Uh, he is a another A-Team member. So, Matthew, if you could tell everybody who you are, what you do, and how to find you on social media. Sure. I'm Matthew Underhill. I am a head of global infrastructure. And you can find me at UnderKenya on Twitter. Does that mean you're from Kenya? I was born there, yes. And I lived there for 21 years. I had not heard this. <laughs> I have heard this. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, so, Matthew, uh, one takeaway from the event. What did you think stood out the most to you? Well, I'm just architecting for the company now from scratch the one thing for me it's the most exciting time to be architecting anything at the moment you know within the storage space uh, virtualization cloud the whole thing um, just the way that NetApp is making it so easy to you know build a data fabric and not a data center I guess is what it, where I would go with it yeah, it's, it's excellent because you get a greenfield to work with, so you don't have to worry about, like, you know, how do I retrofit things? So you pretty much start from scratch and do it right the first time. Exactly, and NetApp's going to do that for me. You will do it right the first time, right? Yes. <laughs> You're not going to install a wireless access point somewhere and cause a network outage? I would never do that. Yeah, you wouldn't. <laughs> All right, uh, next up, another customer, Chris Olson. He uh, is out of New Mexico here. So, Chris, uh, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself what you do, how to find you on social media. My name's Chris Olson. I'm a solutions architect at Los Alamos National Laboratory. We're, we're a science laboratory in northern New Mexico. And uh, on, on the Twitters, I am ColsonNM, C-O-L-S-E-N-N-M. So what's something that uh, like Los, Los Alamos is, is famous for? What sort of things do they do out there? Um, we tend to make things that blow up. So, But that, that's the side of the, the, the work I obviously can't talk about. But we do a lot of great science. We do nanotechnology. We do um, a lot of big data analytics. There's there's a lot of, uh, I mean, if you name it, it's going on in Los Alamos. All right. So since you're blowing things up, have you guys had any interest in the things like ruggedized, uh, ONTAP, ONTAP Select? Have you seen any sort of interest in your organization to use that where you can actually 
technically blow it up and it doesn't matter because it's select. <laughs> so there's actually, um, there are facilities at Los Alamos where they've got you know, these remote data centers are out there where they do blast shots and stuff like that. Um, I, I wish I would be able to be involved in that kind of stuff, sort of see what that side of the, you know, the, the work looks like. But yeah, I haven't, haven't been involved with that fun stuff. <laughs> so one thing from the event that you could take away, what, what would you tell everybody to, to check out after the fact? So due to the nature of the work, I mean, LANL will never have, we will never be all cloud. We will never get there. But we are looking heavy at hybrid cloud. And it was very reassuring to see NetApp really putting their, their you know, a strong foot forward with saying, look, even down to HCI, it's not hyper anymore. It's hybrid. And um, that's just very reassuring for us because, I mean, that we'll be able to work with NetApp going forward and hopefully get, you know, what we need to up in the cloud. Excellent. Thanks so much, Chris. Uh, next up, uh, Mr. Dan Barber. He uh, previously was an original member of the A-Team, and then he decided to join us at NetApp here. So, uh, Dan, if you could tell us what you do here at NetApp, how to find you on social media. Yeah, Dan Barber. Uh, I am a solution architect for our data center products, so that's FlexPod and HCI, as well as virtualization. Uh, and uh, you can find me on social media at Dan C. Barber, not Dancy. You know, Dan C. Uh, people hear that and they like, oh, you like dancing. I just thought you were named Nancy with a D. That's well, that's probably true too. Uh, so yeah, you can find me there on Twitter. All right, so Dan, um, as a NetApp employee and former non-NetApp employee, what sort of things did you notice from this year's insight that you saw on previous insights that stood out to you? I think uh, really that Dave hits kind of uh, summed it all together for me and trying to put the framework around what it is that NetApp's been trying to do with the whole move to cloud and in our strategy. And that was when he said, what data fabric is doing is bringing the old and the new together. And that's exactly what I'm seeing because you have these large customers, you know, healthcare, large enterprise, they've got two, three, four, 5,000 applications. They're not gonna go through and replatform every single application. They're gonna maybe build new applications in one way and they're gonna support legacy applications in another. And because NetApp has the data fabric, we can bridge all of those together uh, in a seamless uh, management uh, plane. So, so since, you're, since, since you're on the HCI team, and we did an HCI uh, session basically on the general stage with Rachel Hedges, what do you see as the momentum for HCI, and how do you see it improving? So and what we really did today is announce the way that we're kind of seeing how HCI is evolving, right? HCI traditionally has been a siloed platform where you put an isolated workload on it, like say VDI, and the idea was, hey, you like this, so we're going to buy a whole nother pod. And then you end up with seven pods and nothing talks to each other and you, you have the same problem you did before, just a different form factor. Uh, what we're really doing with our HCI is, is making it hybrid cloud ready. So now it's just another cloud endpoint, just like anything else. I can deploy the same workload and I can decide I want it to be on-prem. It doesn't have to be there. I can move it around. I can make the data do what makes sense for my business. I'm not limited by technological barriers. Excellent. All right. Thanks so much, Dan. Uh, Sydney Saunier, step right up here. So Mr. Sydney here has What's been on? on at the event just like promoting the heck out of everything. I, I, yes, I really love it. Yes. He's got this slick coat, and he's got these really nice shoes that he's oh, about oh, to look, spill some look, coffee on. Oh, I'm sorry. What kind of socks are those? Are those FlexPods? Yeah, we got the flex Oh, man. Those are, 
Are those the new socks or old socks? No, those are old, but you know, oh, we're going to so, use every, every opportunity. So to... Sydney's got something new, something old, and something borrowed here. That's yes, right. Uh, so Sydney, uh, tell us what you do, how to find you on social media. Okay, I'm Sid Sonye. Uh, you can find me on social media at Hybrid Sid or at Sydney Sonye. I'm an IT consultant with Fourth and Bailey. All right, so Sid, uh, you've been around the event. You've seen all the things going on. What stood out the most to you? The, the, what stood out the most to me was the fact that when we start pertaining to kind of like what Dan was saying about the data fabric, getting the story straight, getting it out to the customer base, and allowing them to make the decisions on which product will fit them the best. And it, that's inside of the data fabric. So giving them some true value in how to move that data and us being able to communicate that back to them. So that was part of the, the, the thing. And then also some of the new releases of things that, that have come out and new releases of stuff. All right, so Sid, you are the penny loafers on the ground out there. So um, what are you seeing as you go from customer to customer in terms of their interest in getting out into the cloud? A lot of customers are interested in it. Some of them want to start in it first. It depends upon the size of that particular business. Others that are a little bit more established are interested in it because they have different silos within their organization they're trying to, that are experimenting with it. They want to kind of bring that in or rein that in, put some sort of policies and principles behind that so that they can have a seamless migration between their their compliance issues and their infrastructure that they have on on prem, and then move to the cloud to make it work. Awesome, Sydney. Thanks so much. All right, Andy Grimes cut in line, so we're gonna bring him up next. Come on up here, Andy. Come on. Before we do that, I got I forgot I should be wearing my wig here. So Andy has no hair, so I want to make him feel bad. So uh, let's get the wig out. Uh, here we go. Forgot about I forgot all about this. I don't know why. So Andy, uh, you are a NetUp employee. What do you do at NetUp, and how do we reach you on social media? Sure, my name is Andy Grimes. Uh, I work in uh, the Cebu organization on our HCI product go-to-market, but uh, just recently joined. Before that, I worked on our Flash uh, initiatives, so I worked on our AFF, as well as just recently, we're here at Mac, launching Max Data. Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter on Andy underscore NTAP underscore Flash, and uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well. All right, so Andy, you've been around NetApp uh, a while, and recently you've had a lot of movement. You're almost like your own data fabric. Um, so you are Andy Intet Flash. Now that you're in HCI, do you see a need to change your handle? <laughs> no, I think it still is NetApp, not necessarily just the operating system, but we've got so much integration between the products, it actually doesn't matter. That's actually one of the fun things about moving over to our HCI platform. We're working on integrating it with Max Data. We've already got the data fabric. We showed the demonstration of uh, the NKS for Kubernetes for public-private cloud, and we'll be bringing that message out. Um, so that's part of what I'm doing in my new role is helping with that uh, product, bringing it to market and bringing it um, out into the field and, and help us win deals. All right, so you mentioned Max Data, and that's kind of all the new hotness now. Um, where does Max Data fit into the application stack? How would people use it? And what sort of interest are you seeing in it? So as part of our Flash initiative, we realized that you know there were a lot of additional changes coming. There was NVMe, NVMe over fabrics for host attachment, and then finally persistent memory. And we completed a com created a complete vision for that. So as part of our NVMe over fiber channel release, that uh, we are the only shipping vendor with true N NVMe end-to-end. -end. 
uh, we've now added max data on top of that with an in-memory the ability to project a LUN into the server onto persistent memory. But not just project it there, actually tier it between the devices in a way that's seamless to the application. So any application can use it. You get the benefit of persistent memory for reads and writes on the memory bus on a DIMM. So it brings two legacy applications or existing applications the ability to run at single-digit microseconds of latency. That sounds pretty good. I think that might be good. So MaxSnap, what's that all about? So the other half of bringing these app, the, the performance of Max data to an application is the ability to do reads and writes. But once you inherit the need to do write, the ability to do writes, you inherit the need to protect them. So we have integrated into the software the ability to do snapshots to protect that data, to drop it from the persistent memory onto the block device underneath it so that you can get additional snap mirror, snap vault, all the rest of the data protection tools. We also have an ability to replicate the data from one server to another to protect it. So not only are we giving you incredible on-server in-memory performance, we're giving you the entire ecosystem of enterprise data services. So there's no other vendor in the market doing it. No one's thinking about doing it this way. So we really have this market to ourselves right now. So it's really an exciting time to be part of delivering the next generation of Flash. And we can do that in server, which eventually we'll, we'll hope that to be our HCI platform. We can do that in SAN attached with ONTAP and potentially other SAN platforms, as well as in cloud. It's actually been run in AWS, Azure, and Google. So it really is software-defined Flash that you can run in the data fabric. So I'm a little confused because I've been reading some blogs lately, and they've, they've been saying that we, we are not innovative enough and uh, we don't do enough MVME and we're not built from the ground up. This does not sound like any of that is true. No, we've been innovating at an incredible pace. Every six months, we do release massive functionality. Being at NetApp, it's sometimes hard to keep up as the new parts. And as we're seeing here at Insight, there's just a constant new stream of, of deliveries. What's a more subtle point about them of some of the new products like NetApp, uh, NDAS, our backup as a service cloud, cloud offering, uh, Max Data is a software product, as well as our NetApp Kubernetes services. All they require from the storage systems are API calls. So once we get the APIs into the storage operating system, we innovate at the speed of cloud and at the speed of software. So literally, I've had conversations, hey, when can I get this feature? Uh, we can deliver it anytime you want, up to a weekly delivery. So that pace of innovation that you're starting to see from NetApp is going to accelerate. Because unlike what my competitors claim in those NVMe conversations, that they're software-enabled flash, they aren't. They're heavily integrated into their box. We're not trapped in the box. All of our value is being added above the layer. And things like NDAS are actually moving. It was an idea a year ago. And it's now a product that's being shipped. And it'll have new functionality every few weeks, every few months. What's an uh, interesting part and an interesting, interesting side effect of being able to innovate so fast is that you innovate so fast, your competitors can't write blogs fast enough to keep up with the facts. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, they might be a few months or years behind in what they know, and that's something to keep in mind when you're reading a competitor blog. Honestly, just, you know, if you want the facts, contact NetApp. We'll tell you all about it. Well, thanks. I appreciate the time. And joining the HCI product has been fascinating because it's not about the box. It's about the value we're bringing in the data fabric. Uh, and one of the fun things I heard a comment yesterday is, well, we're not late to HCI. We're fashionably late to HCI. And as we proved in Flash, that's not a problem for us. It's actually something we put to advantage by seeing where the technology is going. And with our ability to innovate, HCI is a solid product today, but we're going to take it places where HCI should have gone all along. Yeah, I think it's, it's a matter of reinventing HCI, right? You know, it's, it came out in version 1.0, and, you know, maybe there were some flaws in that methodology, and we've addressed that through our own HCI product. Yeah, and, and as we showed on the main stage today, it's hybrid cloud infrastructure. 
that's what it always should have been. HCI should be a platform for hybrid cloud, not just a simplification of a virtualization environment. So you'll be seeing a lot more from us on this. We had some great demos, but we'll be putting those into products in, in the very, very near future. All right, Andy, thanks so much. Uh, n next up, Rodrigo Nascimento <laughs> from right. Brazil. Number so uh, I can use that. That's not a... Oh, you're right. That's not a brand. From Sao Paulo? Sao Paulo, yeah. Yeah! <laughs> Rodrigo from Sao Paulo! <laughs> All right, uh, Rodrigo. Does he know metal? He probably, he does. They work very closely together. Uh, it's almost uncanny. Um, so, Rodrigo, what do you do here at NetApp? How do we find you on social media? Well, I'm a solution architect for MongoDB, uh, big data analytics, and artificial intelligence here in, at NetApp. Uh, you can find me at Twitter as LogWriter or uh, at LinkedIn as LogWriter. All right, so you are uh, a database extraordinaire uh, expert. So what have you done here at NetApp? What are you presenting? And what are some of your takeaways from the event? Well, the, the thing that's getting more excited about uh, all the releases that we are doing this week, it's Max Data. I'm talking about uh, Max Data and MongoDB on my session here at Insight. People are getting their minds blown about the results. Uh, I have a performance graph showing uh, if you have a really uh, huge working set running on top of Max Data for MongoDB, we can make it 11 times faster. And uh, on the worst case scenario, if you don't have that work setting size really big, uh, we can do it 3.3 times faster. So and you're just changing one piece of the, the, of the stack, which is the file system. So that's really amazing. It's really exciting to see this happening here at NetApp. So the performance story is interesting with Max Data. What about the data protection story? Is it making backing up Max Data easier? Oh yeah, it is. So uh, for databases, data protection is really important and we really want to make that easy for our customers. All the integration that we're providing with Max Data and ONTAP, uh, it's been you know, fantastic and I'm pretty sure it's gonna make the difference in the market. Yeah, one thing I heard from somebody talking to me the other day, they were you know, mentioning how old uh, MongoDB is, how long it's been around, and one of the common themes has always been how do we back this up effectively. And with Max Data and Max Snap and our NetApp snapshots, that's now becoming more of a reality to make a simplified data protection workflow. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, the tools that are in the market today, they, they do backups by copying and moving files from the production environment to the backup infrastructure. And uh, with this integration that we have with Max Data and ONTAP, we actually don't need to do that. We can trigger snapshots to create recover points for the database. And uh, at the back end, we can do snap mirrors for, from that snapshots to other places. So it's very effective. Yeah, and the benefit of not having a copy is you're not only saving space, but you're saving time. Because copies, depending on how large the database is, could take 30 minutes to an hour or more, right. right? So you don't want to have to copy that and use up resources when you can just take a snapshot instantaneously. That's correct. That's true. All right, Rodrigo, thanks so much. Thank you very much. Yep, thank you. Thank you. He shook my hand. He's the first one. Hey, this guy's shaking my hand in the beginning. That's right. John Woodall, uh, famous John Woodall. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, so famous John. Um, what so do you do? Famous Dave's? Kind of, but okay, yeah. not without the food. Uh, yeah. Uh, so... John, what do you do, uh, not at NetUp, what do, you, what do you do in the industry, and how do we reach you on social media? Sure, my name is John Woodall, as noted, uh, Vice President Engineering at Integrated Archive Systems. We were NetApp's very first partner, so it's been a long, good relationship. You can find me on social media at at John underscore Woodall on Twitter. 
you're a vice president. Wow, I feel like I'm in the presence of royalty here. Oh, wow. So, John, um, you've been around NetApp for a long time. What have you seen at this event that has blown your mind? A number of things. I mean, I know you've been talking to you before in this podcast about Max Data. That's just game changing. Um, I, you know, Anthony Lai had two mic drop sessions around just the automation work that his team is doing. But I've got to say, the thing that ties the data fabric probably most together and is the most disruptive thing I've seen is the HCI stuff that's been demoed. It's not like, we're going to do this. It's HCI was an option for deployment for cloud services on-prem from a software service in the cloud. The blurred line between on-prem and off and hybrid cloud just got really blurry, and I don't think anyone else really can do that. There's a lot of talk in the industry, but we just saw today across multiple demos and discussions the full data fabric in action. I remember four years ago when data fabric was first talked about, it was a single thread of the data fabric being laid down, which was snap mirror from on-prem ONTAP to ONTAP as an AMI and Amazon. Okay, great, we replicated. But now with the automation, the orchestration, cross-platform support, multi-cloud support, I, I mean, it's really a disruptive overall motion. I don't think it's any one thing, it's everything. Is, is and I think it was Dave Hitz, this is not your grandfather, no, it's Joel Reich, it's not your grandfather's NetApp. This is a completely different company, um, innovating at a rate that I don't think a traditional infrastructure company is doing, and I think Anthony Lai's team is pulling the rest of the company, kicking and screaming into this new model. Excellent, so I noticed you guys have a booth here. Yes. Are you, are you or are you not a booth babe? Uh, I can be a booth babe. So you're not, though. So what are you guys doing over in the booth? What's, so, what's going on? What so are you talking our, about? Our booth, number 305, uh, it, we're, we're, we're showing really a demo that we've been we're going to market with with people and talking about and showing how we're integrating Ansible playbooks with NetApp on-prem, uh, running Select, and replicating out to Cloud Volume Services, and uh, Cloud Volume's on-tap, Cloud Volume Services, and showing workloads and just automating it. It's been very cool. So cloud is not vaporware. It's a real thing. It's real. It's here. It's valuable. Customers, if they're not looking at it, are not, not really taking advantage of everything that's available. Excellent. John, thanks so much. Thank you. Yep. All right, next up. Uh, so Mark Carlson's here, and he's hobbled over here. And I feel bad for him because he's been standing here patiently, watching as the other A-team members break in line while he's sitting here with a blackened foot. So, Mark, uh, you need to tell the audience about your, your foot. Like, and don't tell me the story you told me because it's boring. <laughs> so give me the real story about what happened to your toe. The, 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 real, the real story. The real story that is not boring. <laughs> That's not boring. I'm thinking about something now, but the falling of the dog is not. <laughs> so let me, let me tell you the boring story then, while Mark's thinking of the real story. So the, the boring story is that Mark, uh, in his rush to get to in, Insight, you know, his dog was so sad that he was leaving. His dog secretly hid under the stair and made Mark trip over him slightly, and he banged his toe against the stair, and that's that's the boring story. So, Mark, what really happened? Well, what really happened is that I don't, I don't, no, I don't know. I'm trying to. He's got nothing. All right, so that's the story a, no story. I'm, I'm sorry, I put you in the spot. Uh, but anyway, Mark Carlton, tell us what you do, how to reach on social media. Uh, so I'm Mark Colton. I work for Arrow ECS. I'm an IoT solutions architect. 
Um, and I, I'm on Twitter at mcarlton1983, and you can get me on justswitchitonandoff.com on my blog. All right, so Mark, uh, you are a industry veteran here at, well, I guess you're younger than me, but you're still a veteran. Um, but what have you seen here at NetApp uh, Insight is interested you the most? I think with the with the industry that I'm working in now and moving more towards the IoT space and the AI and moving into the futures, the looking at the event and the messaging that's around is, is leading into that. And what I've liked about this event is that majority of the stands, majority of the vendors here, as well as the partners and sponsors, they're all talking about the same thing and looking into that leadership and how they can move into that sector and help customers move forward into being able to digitalize and transform how they collect the data and then use it to be able to offer business outcomes. So in previous events, we've had you earn your keep by doing various things around the event. What have you had to do here to earn your keep? Uh, so this year, I've been working with partners helping um, on our boot with, with bits on there. And then I've also been do, presenting. So I've done uh, panel sessions, uh, been working on those, and uh, IoT whiteboards. So I've been able to talk to the uh, to, to partners and, and customers around that. That's good. We don't want to leave you idle because you might break another toe. Mm-hmm. That'd be terrible for you. Um, so thank you, Mark, for joining us. Yep. Thank you. All right. Next up, Adam Knight from PacBio. So Adam, if you could tell us what you do at PacBio and how to reach you on social media, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, hey Justin, it's Adam Knight. I'm, I manage our IT infrastructure and HPC at Pacific Biosciences, or PacBio. Uh, we're a genomics company in Menlo Park that makes a DNA sequencing instrument. All right, so uh, Adam, um, you are a longtime NetApp customer and you've seen these events before. What has interested you the most here at Insight? I usually go pretty quickly to the software features that I see coming out. Um, we're mostly an on-premise shop, and it's going to, just given our workloads and the amount of data, it's going to stay that way for a while. So I get more excited about storage efficiency improvements, compaction, always get excited about flex group improvements, which Justin can talk plenty about. Who's that? <laughs> and uh, yeah, we had a great whiteboard session yesterday on flex groups. So. Yeah, I was about to ask you about that. So how did that go? Uh, well, we had a lot of really good information we were looking forward to share, and uh, just the, the right people weren't there at the right time to share it with. So. Maybe we showed up early. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we're always punctual. So. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. What ended up happening was I drew some cartoons because um, we had nothing better to do. But anyway, there's plenty of information out there on Flex Group Volumes if you're interested. TR4571, of course. Uh, so, uh, Adam, what sessions have you attended that have stood out to you? I've been to, uh, probably one that stands out is on storage efficiency, a deep, deep dive into that. I'm really looking forward to the compaction features, and we, we rely heavily on that. When you have a very large amount of data across lots of volumes and lots of aggregates, you can't always be sure that users aren't going to be copying data multiple places, and you want to just reduce the load that puts on the on the storage system. So, yeah, Absolutely. Storage efficiencies are crucial to a lot of environments. Um, what about cloud? I mean, are you guys looking at cloud at all at PacBio? Uh, we're looking generally at, we have on-prem HPC and storage primarily. We look at cloud for swelling for our HPC workload. Um, given the, the amount of data that we transfer, we often, for, for cloud, and the, the amount that we're going to and from the storage, we often suffer from egress charges. So, What about like uh, fabric pool tiering type of stuff? We, uh, there, there's, there's plenty about us and our, uh, our partnership with Comprise. So we use them for most of our tiering to archive. Um, there is a lot of a lot of interesting 
cloud opportunity given the, uh, the a lot of the flash tiering that we've seen. So that would be something for high performance workloads that we wanted to tier to flash. It would be a good opportunity. Excellent. All right, Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Justin. Yep. All right, last but not least, uh, Presbo Blah is yeah, here. I saw a queue here, so what, what are we queuing for? Uh, so we're, we're talking about the event, oh, uh, NetApp Insight. Are, are you familiar with what this event is, Autonomous? No, I said, I, I heard a takeaway, so I probably kebab or pizza. Okay, so Autonomous, uh, what do you do and how do we reach you on social media? Uh, well, that's interesting. What I do is I work for GTT, formerly known as Interroot, and I do all sorts of cloud infrastructure thingies in there. And you can reach me at PressBlabla on Twitter. Oh, That's a fantastic Twitter handle. Where'd you get that? Ah, uh, well, mm, embarrassed to say, but you were involved in all that. So, true story. Uh, since I can't seem to pronounce Atanas' last name correctly, I just started calling him Presbola, uh, and that's it. Just stuck. He liked it so much. So, um, any royalties that you get from that Twitter handle mm. go to me. No, but I have a small group of followers on my original Presdarov handle. So, please, people, don't follow me there. I won't read anything. All right, so Tanis, you've been at many of these events before. What was one takeaway from NetApp Insight 2018 that you found to be most interesting? My most interesting thing was the level of involvement NetApp has in the new kit on the block, the new fancy kit on the block, if you like, Kubernetes or container management, whatever. I only heard about Istio on Saturday on my way in, and now I'm happy. I mean, I was told during this general session that NetApp are actually contributing to Istio development with Kubernetes and everything. I used Triton for the past, well, almost a year now. You won't believe how easy this is. I mean, if I didn't know NetApp, I wouldn't know that it, I mean, I would believe that it's built in Kubernetes and it's just another thing to manage your data. But I used it with NFS. Is that a good thing to say? I've heard of this, yes. It's, it's okay to say, go ahead. Yeah, I used it with NFS and I set it up in January. I don't know what it's doing, but all I do is just create, you know, my volumes there. and use different types of it and it's just I mean tr totally transparent so with your Kubernetes deployments are you implementing it with Trident or anything like that yeah with Trident and, but this is a good thing Trident perfectly good thing to do especially people ask me how, what do you do for your persistent storage and I just go as combos up Trident what's this oh it's just a nice little driver from NetApp to allow you to use that storage for whatever you want in Kubernetes I said, oh, that's clever. I said, yeah, it's just NFS exposed. I mean, how simple can it be? And they just, they talk me about, you know, oh, volume managers and LVM, you name it, you know, file systems. And, and I was like, uh, and then you create a disk and then you replicate that disk between the VMs. Oh, that's too complicated. I would even touch it if it's that complicated. I would probably have failed with Kubernetes at the beginning and forgot about it and gone with what, Windows services? Well, they have Docker now for Windows. Yeah, they do. You can't knock Windows anymore, man. But They're innovating. That new company that NetApp acquired, what was it? Uh, Stackpoint. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Thank you for bringing it up. So, can you imagine an app store for Kubernetes applications? I mean, I can imagine it. Can you? I mean, we have many of these, probably not many, but I would say every self respecting cloud, public or semi public, probably have this already. You know, you can deploy some sort of Kubernetes cluster and put your application in there. Although, I haven't seen any app store for that but can you imagine that you do it all the same regardless if it's Amazon Azure or any other cloud Google you name it probably forgot for you and you can do it with your own hardware that you bought with your hard earned cash it's pretty good you should write a blog about it uh, nah you don't want to read it yes we do 
well, it will be all about takeaways and ke kebab and all that, which, by the way, given the circumstances in this conference, kebab probably is the best takeaway to have. Kebab, yes. All right, Atanas, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast again. Again, you can find him at Prez Blah Blah on Twitter. That about wraps it up for this recap, but before I go, I want to tell you to be sure to check out a special bonus Insight recap segment where I act as a roving reporter and walk around the Insight Central floor to see what the people working the booths are doing. So, be sure to check that out as well. You can check that out in techontappodcast.com as a separate episode. The Tech on Tap podcast will also be at NetApp Insight Barcelona. If you have some input for ideas, or you will be at the show and want to be on the podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at netup.com or tweet me personally at NFS Dudabides. You can also find me at the event, and we can start recording on the spot. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at netup. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank all of the people that made Insight possible. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.